You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we are here with Marcy Rader from Workwell Play More. Now, we had the opportunity to hear Marcy speak, and we were fascinated with her ideologies and really her thought process around organization. But here's a question for you. What waste your time? Feel free to answer anything from that, because to be honest, it's a lot of things. But Marcy knows that some tasks and habits just suck our time and energy more than others. And she herself had a major transformation in her own life that made her change the way she did things. Now she's in the business of helping you be more energetic and productive with her business. Work Well, Play More uh, is an organization that she created, and we're so excited to learn more about this brand, more about what they stand for. So thank you so much, Marcy, and welcome to the Brand Builders Podcast. Thank you. That was a great intro. I try. This is our 90-something episode. I better have it down. Right. It almost sounds like you know what you're talking I about. Did, you know what? I, I'm really excited to hear uh, Marcy talk more about her own personal brand. Uh, hearing her speak to an organization called Built National uh, earlier in February was just fascinating. And I think it made our organization challenge ourselves to be um, you know, better. And, and how do we set up ourselves for success? And that all comes into being organized. Um, so Marcy... Tell us a little bit more uh, about you and how in the world did you get involved in this type of work? Yeah, well, I kind of fell into it. It's it's more like doing what I decided to create a business, doing what people just kept asking me to help them do. And I came from the um, corporate clinical research world and I traveled up to 48 weeks a year. Um, I was competing, racing um, over 100 ultra events in a decade. I was shutting down with Inbox Zero every night. And people were like, how the hell do you do all this? <laughs> and so I had, I had gone up the ladder as high as I wanted to go and decided to create a business helping people be productive and healthy. Um, and the irony was that I was not healthy. I looked like the healthiest person in the room. I, I probably thought I was the healthiest person in the room um, because I was racing so much and traveling and I was doing, 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 and I was a master doer, um, but I triggered three autoimmune diseases. I went into menopause at the age of 36, which is way too early. Um, and so when I built my business, it was, it was. It is with the focus that I am helping those high achievers or high potentials be able to do what matters without sacrificing their health or their productivity. Because, you know, I can be busy tying and untying my shoes all day long, but it isn't effective. And checking, you know, checking 10 boxes off a day doesn't matter if the right boxes aren't being checked. So organi- being organized and is not um, boring and it's not a dirty word to think about. It's really, I see it as having some organization is what gives me freedom. And last week I was talk- I was giving the same presentation that I gave to you all, except in a three-hour format. And I was saying all of these things that I automate from a decision perspective. You know, I, I prep my meals. I pick out my clothes for the week. I do these different things. And a guy raised his hand and he said, but 
you know, nothing is spontaneous in your life. Where is the room for spontaneity? And I said, no, actually, because I have, because I can control these things, it opens me up to be spontaneous in other areas. I don't care about being spontaneous in these things. So I want to control that and not waste my decisions on those things so that I can open myself up to make the important decisions or the fun decisions or the decisions at a whim. I love that. Now you, you mentioned, um, you know, all of the, the kind of your background and, and then just kind of changing overnight. Like how hard was it to change your habits and turn that into um, maybe more of a driver to make you focus and, and be more, I guess, attentive to that detail in that direction. Cause it's just, it's one of those things like you can read books, you can get excited about it. And then like a week goes by and a month goes by and nothing's happened and you're doing the same thing. Oh um, yeah. So what, like, how did you just make that leap and say, Nope, I'm going to have control. Okay. First of all, it was so not overnight <laughs> that I made this. It was not clear. overnight. Yes, yes. And um, for the listeners, uh, this was not planned. They don't. They do not know that I'm doing this right now. I'm actually writing a book right now. I'm on chapter four. Um, writing a book to talk about the uh, a year of transformation. And several years ago, I put a hundred things on a whiteboard that I wanted to change about myself in the areas of health, productivity, and decluttering. Um, and the decluttering meant my home, but it also meant my, my head and all the, the stuff we, you know, the mind trash that we have. And it was, you know, like I, I would practice one new behavior from each of those areas for four to six weeks. Some things took like eight weeks and, so that transformation took a really long, it took me a long time to get through that, that whiteboard. And so I'm writing this book and I'm, I'm launching it at the end of the year um, to sh kind of show people that there's habit change in 21 days is total BS. You know, like when, people, when you, when you read that statistic, like it takes 21 days to change a habit. Well, it depends on what that habit is. You know, if you have spent 40 years of your life doing something, then 21 days is not a very long time to, to flip that switch. Um, if you've spent three weeks doing something, then it's easier. And so there are some things that are more challenging than others. When I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease, I um, also did some other testing, found out I had a very high gluten intolerance. Um, gluten typically isn't great for people with autoimmune diseases. And so I will say that that habit was easy because I didn't have a choice. You know, to, I just, I needed to stop. I cried, literally cried the first week because I was like, I don't know how I'm going to eat. I'm going to be a burden on people. But, you know, I didn't have a choice. So that made it easier. Right now I'm doing something where I'm supposed to um, be cutting out coffee and, and I was told this yesterday. Yeah. And I'm not even, I'm not even addicted to coffee. Like it, it could be, it could have no caffeine in it and I would be okay. But it's the ritual of coffee. It's the going with my husband to a coffee shop. It's having coffee with my girlfriend. It's, you know, it's like, it's a habit. And so that I'm already whining about, you know, and I'm trying to set myself up for success. Something like, you know, being addicted to checking my email, which I used to be, um, 
it, that's telepressure. That's a process in your brain. You know, it's, I can't tell you if that's something that you're, that, you know, you have telepressure. I can't say, well, just stop checking your email. It's a bad habit. You, we, we have to work through that because you've trained your brain to like that dopamine response to, to pick up the phone when you're bored and, and those types of things. So it's, if people say that they change something, you know, overnight, I would say that's the the um, the exception rather than the rule. What was it that triggered you to make these changes? Was it indeed your health that you mentioned? It actually goes back to I think it was ten years, eight or ten years ago. I read a book called The Power of Less by Leo Babata, and. Um, he, and it, it's a very simple book and it put me on this trajectory. I got really into minimalism and, um, streamlining. And since then we've actually downsized twice. Um, we've moved twice. We're, we're now in a house that's 1100 square feet and we have $30,000 left to pay on our mortgage. And then we will be completely debt free at the age of 44. Good for you. And that's awesome. 50. My husband, and I, Yeah. And so, but I got on this, I, I got on this path of like really wanting to find the white space in my life. And as a former triathlete, um, triathletes are very, we live by the watch. We live by the workout. We live by the, the macros We're you know, always, um, everything's about a metric and I complete now that was a, that was a complete flip of the switch. Um, I ended up going into dirt sports for a while and went like I did a hundred mile mountain bike race with nothing but a Timex watch. I didn't even have a mileage odometer. I did. I was on a single speed, you know, um, single speed rigid. Like I had, you know, which if you don't ride bikes, that doesn't mean anything to you, but it was like, it's as minimal as you can get. And I just felt like, I needed to have more white space. And I, I think it all, it all came from the power of less, but then just reading every blog and book at the time that I could find on minimalism, because it was starting to become very trendy back then. And, and now I've, I have, I feel like I have a really good balance of, of, um, because, you know, that means something different to different people. And one of my former clients, when somebody reached out to her um, as a reference, they said, you know, I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to have the boundaries that Marcy has and, and the rules. And my client gave one of the best testimonials for me. And, and she said, you know, it's Marcy doesn't coach you on Marcy's rules. She finds what's important to you and what you want those boundaries to be. And, you know, that I think is important that we don't look at somebody and say that, you know, that we need to have those boundaries or we need to, we need to be as organized as this person, or we need to have this or that. It's really, you know, what does it mean to us? Um, and how, how does that fit into our life? Now you had, um, you mentioned that you did over a hundred ultras in a decade and that's, honestly unbelievable um my uncle does ultras and i think he's crazy so both of you are in that bucket um but i i want to all ultras. 
ultras. Some of them were just endurance. Some oh, yeah. Oh, no. Just, less, you know, 100 mile endurance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> look, uh, I'm mountain bike. I didn't count it. Yeah. yeah. I'm mountain bike, and I'm very familiar with that. And no, I'm not a single gear rider. <laughs> and yes, I do ride with an odometer. Um, and I know that is that's a that's a hell of an accomplishment. Kudos to you. Yeah, that, definitely. That's big time for sure. And I want to ask you. So you, somebody that is is that you know versed in 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 competition in health, um, it has to be interesting to kind of see how you've changed your. Uh, your workout regimen or your exercise. So tell us, like, what did you do when you changed that workout routine to still get what you need, you know, without overdoing it? Because, you know, Scott and I both believe this, that um, if you work out every day, it's a better day, right? Like you're going, if you wake up and you work out, your mind's right. You just, it seems to put you in the right uh, or point you in the right direction, but everybody has different ways of doing that. So I'm just kind of fascinated to see like somebody that was at the top of that doing a hundred mile races. um, How do you keep that? kind of fire and drive without you know going over overboard per se yeah that's that's a great question um i the timing of my diagnosis was really important because i was diagnosed about six months after starting my business and when i started it i thought oh this is going to be great I'm an, I own my own business, so I'm going to have so much more time to train, which is so totally not true. Um, and, and so I was diagnosed and I decided to do one more race and then retire. And I completely identified as a racer and I trained like 12 to 13 hours a week in off season up to 20 hours a week on season. And which is basically like a part-time job. Well, because of, uh, all the things I was diagnosed with, I even had to like completely stop everything, but slow walking and, and yoga. That was all I could do for about three months, which was like hell. And, um, and then ramp myself back up a little bit. And it, and a year later, my, uh, one of my best friends asked me, she's like, Marcy, you know, do you ever miss racing? And it had, I had not even thought about like, I just like, you know, no, I don't. And I realized that when I worked in corporate and I have nothing against working for a company, I mean, ever, you know, there people need people to work for them. I have people that work for me. I'm glad that they like it, you know, but, um, I, it was a job. It wasn't a passion. And so I used sports as a passion. Um, I also used racing as an escape from an unhealthy mindset and, or it fed an unhealthy mindset. And now that I had this business, I didn't want to train. I didn't want to go out and ride for three hours on a Tuesday. I wanted to work more on my business. I was excited about coaching people. I was excited about, you know, creating campaigns. Like I, I had a different place to funnel that ex, that energy and so I think it was very good timing. Had it happened two years earlier when I was still working, um, I probably would have had a, a much harder time. And now, um, so for I'm 44 now, and it's uh, I was diagnosed at 39, and I went from you know training 40 you know, or 20 hours a week, sorry, to now I work out an hour every morning. And then I get a lot of movement opportunities during the day. Like I'll go for a walk. I'll ride a 
my run my fit bike. I'm, I'm actually pacing right now in my office, <laughs> but I just get a lot of movement opportunities throughout the day. And I am, I feel better now. And I actually look better at 44 than I did when I was doing Ironmans at 35. And because at some point, you know, ultra, ultra, is, it's not healthy for you. I mean, it, there's, there's nothing healthy about it really. Um, uh, you're just mitigating the damage if you're, you know, doing other things. But, um, so I think part of it is just timing. And, and also I think a good thing that helped me from a transition perspective is I, for like a year, I didn't do anything that I could compare myself to the old me. Um, again, I didn't ride with a, I didn't, I didn't ride or run with a um, watch. I, or am I like, I don't track my time. I don't track my miles anymore. Um, because I don't want to compare myself to the old me. Uh, that, I mean, that right there is fascinating to hear that you can do that because in the day and age of technology and apps and tracking everything and anything, um, to be able to turn your mind and say, I'm going to go to for a run because I want to go for a run, not because I want to beat this time or I want to do this. I mean, that, that, that has to take a lot of, uh, I don't even know what I'm saying, but like, that's got to take a lot because I, I have a watch right now and I won't lie. Like when I go work out, like if I don't have my watch, I will go home and put it on because I want to know how many calories I'm burning and, and all these different things. But in reality, does that matter? No, it doesn't. Like as long as I'm doing what I want to do to make me feel healthy and, and I work out, it shouldn't matter what my uh, digital watch says. Yeah. yeah. Well, and to, to clarify, I do like, I, I wear an Apple watch and I do see, I do see how much, how many minutes I've, I've ranked, but I'm, I'm not looking at like minutes per mile or how many miles, like I used to know that I ran four miles in X minutes and, and I cared about that, you know, but I just, I just see how far I've run, like I've run 30 minutes or 40 minutes, something like that. So I do, I do wear a watch. Um, and I do look at the minutes, but I'm not looking at it from like a, um, from the, from that perspective. Yeah. I love that. So let's, uh, let's pivot here and talk a little bit more about the actual business. And one thing that you uh, created is the concept of focus 90, which is 90 minutes of pure focus. Yeah. Um, and you talk about this and at the end of it, it's so funny. Cause I love this quote is you will get shit done like nobody's business. And I think that just yeah. kind of makes you realize like, all right, maybe we need to figure this out. So tell us about, um, about focus 90 and, and how did you come up with the concept and what is it all about? Yeah. So in January, I did two things, which are, uh, or one thing that's kind of unheard of, well, two things, yeah, that is kind of unheard of um, now. It's like, I stopped doing email marketing campaigns because I couldn't stand doing them. And I just, I kept, marketers kept telling me, like, you know, you need to do any, you know, you need to do email campaigns. Like, no, I'm trying to get people out of their inbox. But, you know, so I stopped doing all email marketing and I went LinkedIn only. And, um, because that's where my people are and that's where I feel good. And social media was sucking the joy from my life. And so I went LinkedIn only and, but I still needed a way to connect with, um, uh, with people. And I, you know, I don't feel like the, the, the marketing so like that was really a connection. And so I thought about what is the thing that, you know, what is one of the biggest complaints that my clients have? And it's that, they don't get any white space 
in their calendar. So when I am coaching somebody and I'm looking at their calendar, it's nothing but meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. And so there's no, and that's what I mean by white space. There's like nothing blank. So I created um, Focus 90 and it's 90 minutes. Um, so once a week, I host a 90 minute block where people sign on and they sign up for it. It they get a calendar invite, so it blocks their calendar out, and they sign on, and I and we're on Zoom, so we can all see each other, but everybody's muted except for me, and I give a productivity tip, and then we all write in the chat what we're going to accomplish in the next 80 minutes, and then the timer goes, and I put myself on mute, and then we're all working. We can see each other if we want to, but we're all working, and then at the end of the 80 minutes, we get back on, we write in the chat. Um, what we were able to accomplish. And then I give a productivity tip again, and then we're done. And what, what has been really cool about it is, so a lot of times when our, my clients have um, uh, admins, if they see just uh, like space on their calendar, then they'll just schedule over it, you know, <laughs> like they don't, because it doesn't mean anything. Um, if, if somebody even has like time block to work, they'll just schedule over it. But this is a this is sneaky because it's an appointment with someone. It's an appointment with me, so they don't schedule over it. So that it works in that way. But also, um, when people have to decide, like I'm going to get X Y Z done in 80 minutes, people tend to underestimate by one third how much they're going to get done, and so it makes people track their time and see, oh my gosh, it actually takes me 30 minutes to write a proposal. You know, oh my gosh, it actually takes me 20 minutes to do whatever. And my first um, Focus 90, when I was writing, uh, I thought I would get three mini chapters done and I got two done. And what I was able to extrapolate from that is how many hours it's probably going to take me to write my book. And so um, it's been, it's, I absolutely love it. Sometimes there's two people. I've had as many as 18. It's open to anybody. You don't even have to be my client. You just have to sign up. And um, I, I see it as a also, like, I use it for, for the time when I don't want to, I don't want to do something. I will save it for my Focus 90 time um, because, you know, I, I do stuff I don't want to do as well. And so for me, it's like when we were in high school, we had study hall and we were given this time that we could, you know, a quiet room that we could get shit done. And our work environment is more like detention because, you know, people like throwing spitballs at us and, and, you know, throwing theory questions our way and, and, you know, everybody interrupting us. And I wanted people to have a study hall. That, I mean, you just threw spitballs out there. Sky, <laughs> it's been a while since I've shot one of those yeah. things. Um, th that's really cool. I mean, that, that's something that I think a lot of people can um, can get a lot out of. And I think it's cool to to be part of a group and and see other people that are committed to that hour and a half and committed um, to getting shit done. And, and I, I read some of the testimonials and, you know, it's kind of fascinating what they've said. It's like I, I just completed a task that I've put off for five years. And you're like, oh my God, yeah. like five years. And yeah. and all it took yeah. was, was you getting them just kind of focused and organized and, and saying, this is what we're going to do 
for those 90 minutes. So cheers to yeah. you on that. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people in the world that we live in now are overstressed, overcommitted. Uh, and, and hopefully, you know, some of them are listening to this and, and finally maybe admitting that. But what would be some of your advice for for starting out? Um, you've gone through the journey. Now you get to teach people about the journey. But a lot of people, I think it's really just starting that journey and trying to take that first step in the right direction, whether it's decluttering, whether it's being more organized, whether it's time management. Um, this might be a very you know generic question and hard to answer, but what's your advice for somebody to, to kind of get the wheels rolling? It's not a generic question. And, and I, my answer is not because I'm the coach. Um, but my gosh, find somebody to help you. Uh, I think that, um, whether, you know, if you think accountability is a dirty word, then call it support, but it's habit change can be really hard. And, um, knowing the, you know, finding somebody who's done it or, um, somebody who's just kind of can help you along the way and give you that feedback that you need is really, really important. And, you know, we read books, um, but we just go to the next chapter, right? And, and you know, even with my own book, I know that there's probably going to be people that are just going to go to the next chapter instead of actually, you know, take the time to do some of the, to do some of the work. And that was me. You know, I just lived my life going to the next chapter, boom, boom, boom. And without, you know, taking the time to execute. And as Tony Robbins says, execution trumps, you know, knowledge any day of the week. Um, so I, I think getting the support that you need and, and finding that right person. And that right person is typically not your spouse or your best friend. It's somebody that's, you know, really going to be able to see you with a different one. I love that. And I, I just wrote down that quote. If you think accountability is a dirty word, call it support. I think that's fantastic. I think a lot of people, um, you know, I want to do it. I, I, I want to make, I, I, don't, I, I don't need any help. And it's like, man, the times have changed. Like you do need help. And, um, and, and I think it's great that people mm -hmm. like you lead them down that path. Now we got the chance to hear you speak. You've written a book, you've started your own company. You now have focus 90. First off, like, did you ever think it would get to this point? And then what's the future? Like, what can we see for your brand and for you individually um, as this organization continues to grow and as you continue to help, uh, you know, clients all over the country and, and probably all over the world? Yeah, well, I do have um, international clients, actually. But one of my favorite is in Belgium right now, um, CEO of Stargow and Madame So. But uh, I, I just want to... I want to keep spreading the message that being productive and being healthy is not a sacrifice and it's not boring. Um, from a company perspective, I see it. I see my company definitely growing. I brought on seven amazing specialists this year that, um, you know, when I take, when I coach clients, they, I, I give them to them if, for just, you know, certain things that it's, that's their high level expertise. And I'm speaking, you know, right now I already have 45 um, speaking engagements for 2019 and several more in the works and um, continuing to work with a lot of corporations and working with their teams. Um, so I don't make long-term goals because I don't really make goals past one year because I never, I, I don't feel, I feel like, it would just limit me 
because if I would have made goals at year one and year two of my business, I would have never thought that I would be where I am. And, um, and I would have never thought I'd be on the brand builders podcast. Oh, so, oh look, at that. Um, look at you. So, yeah. <laughs> Such a sweetheart. Thank not, you. <laughs> we are honored to limit myself more than one year out. I love that. Now you said you have 45 speaking engagements. That's awesome. Are any of them in Charlotte? Yeah. Um, yes, I actually have spoken in Charlotte several times this year. I think seven times this year already, but they've been to, they've been, it's been private groups and I'm speaking three times there in July, but it's, um, those are private as well. That's okay. We love it. I mean, and, and I was saying yeah. that because, you know, Charlotte's a growing city and, and anybody listening to this, we'd obviously would love to get you in touch with Marcy. Um, she's phenomenal. And like I've said, we, me and Scott both got the opportunity to see her live and see her in action. And it's something that if you really take it to heart, I think it can really change not only your personal life, but your professional life. So um, cheers to you. That's awesome. Thank like we're you. so excited to, to see your brand grow. Um, before we kind of wrap this Thank up and, and, and close out, what is the best way for people to reach you? Uh, if an organization is interested in bringing you on to either speak or if it's an individual that's looking for some individual help, maybe they just want to sign up for Focus 90. But what's the best way to get in contact with you and what's the best way to follow you on social media? LinkedIn. Yes, LinkedIn only. Marcy Rainer, um, M-A-R-C-E-Y-R-A-D-E-R. Um, both of my names are spelled a little different. Uh, for, for companies that are interested in bringing me in, it's workwellplaymore.com. Um, but for speaking or private coaching, it's marcyraiders.com. And if you're, if you're interested in Focus 90, you can find links from both of those sites for Focus 90. Um, but it's, it's marcyraiders.com backslash Focus 90 as well. I love it. Well, Marcy, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, if you are listening to this podcast, we would be so grateful if you can like and share this on all of our social media channels, but definitely LinkedIn for Marcy. And I love LinkedIn as well. Yes. So I'm glad that uh, that you are pushing that uh, that platform. But we appreciate everyone. We appreciate all of our listeners. We hope everybody has a blessed day. And Marcy, thank you again for coming on the Brand Builders podcast. We look forward to following Work Well, Play More and, and really excited uh, to see where you take this journey. Yeah, and, and before Thank we close you. out, Marcy, do you have a name for your book yet that we should look out for? I don't yet. Okay. I don't yet. I'm going to I'm going to outsource that to uh, my community and come up with a few different titles um, and let them choose. Great idea. Well, we'll have to do a podcast round two with Marcy Raider. Thank you, Marcy. I hope you guys have a great day. Check her out. She is awesome. She will change your life if you let her. And we look forward to following the journey. Marcy, have a great weekend. Thank you, Marcy. Thank you. You as well. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.